Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gubby Vreeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend, UFC in Vegas 30, Surreal Gain versus Alexander Volkov in a fight that undoubtedly will have title shot implications on it. But of course, we won't be talking about that heavyweight tilt or any of the fights on the main card. Instead, this is just the prelim primer where we break down the prelims of that fight card. Now, for those of you who are new to the show might be asking, why just the prelims? Why not break down the entire fight card? The answer is quite simple. We know that you know who Surreal Gain is and Alexander Volkov and a lot of these other guys on the main card like Hanato Moicano. But we know you don't know a lot of the guys on the prelims. And that's why we're here to help because whether you're gambling, playing daily fantasy sports or doing a pick'em contest... You want to know where those guys are on the prelims because those are the guys who are going to win it for you. And speaking of pickums, I would be remiss if I did not mention that the prelim primer is brought to you by the most comprehensive MMA pick app that exists today, Fanatics MMA. Fanatics MMA has fighter bios, records, odds all in the palm of your hand while you make your picks. And let me tell you something. The coolest thing about it is getting to see your friends pick side by side with you. You can do different groups, different scoring methods. There's all kinds of cool features for the Fanatics MMA app, and it's so accessible. The graphics are great. I'm going to tell you about all kinds of other features a little bit later on in the show when you tune in. So make sure to hang on a little bit later for that. But now I just have to remind you to download that is wherever you download your apps, whether it's the Google Play Store or the App Store. Go ahead and get Fanatics MMA. Now, it is time to start breaking down the fights. Joining me today from the Fixed Fights Podcast with Kurt and Ben, Benjamin Abrigo. Benjamin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure. All right, guys. And as you know, we start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Rayoni Barcelos versus Timor Valiev. So, Barcelos has five straight UFC wins. His last win came over Khalid Taha. That was back in November. Valiev, meanwhile, lost his UFC debut to Trevin Jones, but then bounced back with a decision victory over Martin Day. And, of course, that fight was in February. So, my question for you here is that it seemed like in Barcelos' last fight, he, he started to lose a little gas later on. He, he's not a young guy anymore. Do you feel like he can hang with the pace that Timur Valiev brings? That's a good question, and I do think he can at least at least down the road because I think the flip side of that is Timur Valiev. Yes, he's super explosive, super dangerous fighter, right? Great kicking game, um, but I think he can't quite keep up the pace that, that even he sets himself early in those fights. Um, so I do, you know, Barcelo's thirty four years old, a little long in the tooth, especially for this weight class, but. Um, He's a much more consistent fighter. So I do think he is going to slow down naturally um, here. But I think we're actually going to see Timur Valiev slow down a little bit quicker, um, especially if he can't, like, hurt Barcelos with his kicks or he gets put on his butt early. Um, I just don't trust Valiev to fight at a consistent pace um, for more than, like, six or seven minutes. So th- so then that obviously brings up the question, then, what do you think the odds are that he can hurt Rayoni Barcelos? Do you think he has... You know, obviously he's got the power, obviously he's got the ability, but do you think there is a high probability that that clicks? I think it's possible, but I don't think it's a high probability to answer your question. And that's no knock on Valiev, who came in to the UFC with all due hype. I think we underrated Trevin Jones, to be honest, in his in in, in Valiev's hundred percent, a hundred percent. He's a way better fighter than I think we gave him credit. But 
I think Barcelos is also, I mean, he came to the UFC with a ton of hype. I know he hasn't put on these like incredible performances yet, but he's also shown that he is through and through durable, composed, and I think he's going to be able to withstand what Valiev throws at him, especially early in this fight. Yeah, I kind of agree with you here. And uh, I'm going to take Rayoni Barcelos here. I'm going to say by decision, though, because I don't think he gets him out of there. How are you taking him in this fight? Yeah, Barcelos by decision all the way for me. All right, and that brings us to our second fight, which is Shavkat Rachmanov versus Michel Prezeris. So Rachmanov beat the Brazilian Cowboy back in October by guillotine in his UFC debut. Prezeris, meanwhile, was on an eight-fight winning streak before he got beat by Ishmael Nardiev. But here's the weird thing. Ishmael Nardiev no longer in the UFC, and that fight was all the way back in February of 2019. So he's been on the shelf for almost two and a half years after having an eight-fight win streak and then briefly losing it. So my question to you is that over that really long win streak, Prezeris really relied on a lot of strength in wrestling in order to dominate his opponents. Do you think that that's something that can be effective against Rachmanov? Maybe for parts, but man, it's like he is so much short. I mean, he's short for welterweight no matter what, but Rachmanov is tall. Rachmanov is incredibly offensively explosive. So, you know, I think what we're going to see a lot of is Rachmanov finding success on the feet um, and then Prezeris just going hoss mode if you will grabbing onto whatever he can to get this fight to the mat but at 39 years old coming off this layoff it's hard for me to see it see it happening and i do i think at first blush i saw this fight and thought oh this is this is ripe for like a veteran submission upset of an undefeated prospect but if you really look at preserves eight fight run yes it's impressive right he has a win over freaking gilbert burns in there um but he's not a guy who's going to just like surprise latch onto a guillotine. Um, so I don't, it's hard for me to see Prezeris getting much offense off in this fight. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say about Rachmanov is he just seems like a guy who never makes that mistake that you're talking about that, that sticks his head in the wrong place for a guillotine. So not only is Prezeris not the type of guy who latches onto one, but Rachmanov is also not the type of guy who puts his head in the wrong place for one. And, and I feel like that, that like technical nature of Rachmanov paired with the fact that he does have such an enormous reach advantage. He's going to have an enormous height advantage. I, I just think it's going to be a nightmare for Prezerish to try to get on the inside. And I feel like anytime he does get in there, he's just going to gas himself out looking for it with those big, chunky muscles. So I guess that brings us to the end of this round, though. And I got to ask, how do you see Shavkat Rachmanov getting it done? I think those big, chunky muscles really slow Prezerish down and Rachmanov gets a, a TKO like late second round. Yeah, I'm going to take TKO too. Uh, I, I just think, you know, like, like you said, I think he tires out. And I think his jujitsu defense is good enough that Rachmanov is not going to get a submission here. But I, I do think he's going to get the finish. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with round number two. All right, guys, I mentioned at the top of the show that I was going to tell you about some of the amazing features of the Fanatics MMA app. Not only do they got fighter bios, awesome graphics, and the ability to see your friends' picks right there in the palm of your hand, but they also got the best scoring system that you've ever seen. That's right. You're used to maybe somebody picking all chalk, going all favorites down your pick'em contest and winning because you picked an, an underdog that didn't pan out. Real simple. They've solved that problem by giving you a, a scoring system that's based on Vegas odds. So if you pick an underdog, you actually wind up with more points as a result. And let me tell you something. It gives you like a fighter IQ score, and that's the best way to use a pick'em app. And if you don't like that, they've got other features as well that allow you to use different scoring systems. But I highly suggest checking it all out when you download the Fanatics MMA app. 
And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Warley Alves versus Jeremiah Wells. So Alves has alternated wins and losses for his last five fights. He's coming off a KO win over Mornia Lazez. That happened back in January. Wells, meanwhile, making his UFC debut. He's 8-2-1 overall in his professional career. He's got a two-fight winning streak, both of those fights coming in CFFC, where he was the 170-pound champion. But the weird thing here about Wells is he actually hasn't fought since September of 2019, and he's had tons of cancellations. He's actually been booked in the UFC once already against Miguel Baeza, which that fight never came to fruition. So other than the fact that he's hit a pretty bad string of bad luck here, what can you tell the people about Jeremiah Wells that could help them understand how this fight might go? I think he's super athletic. Um, he is pretty unpolished at this point in his career. In some ways, I feel like he's kind of the the flip side of Warley, or not the flip side, but the same coin, the same type of fighter as Warley Alves, just a little bit less seasoned. Um, he seems to, he likes to go to his wrestling when it's there, but he doesn't seem all that technical with his wrestling. He has big knockout power, um, but you're not going to see him like subtly setting up like working off the jab, anything like that. He is a pretty unpolished fighter at this point in his career. But I do think you bring up a good point, right? We haven't seen him in nearly two years, so who knows what he's been working on in the interim. Um, He's a guy who I think has a huge, huge upside just in terms of athleticism and already being a CFFC champion, right? He is 34 years old, but I like Alves here just being a very similar fighter, honestly, to Jeremiah Wells, uh, just with a little bit more or a lot more experience at this level. And I think a little bit more fine tuned on the feet. That said, I think the first like three and a half, four minutes of this fight are going to be absolutely freaking bonkers. I think it'll be fun while it lasts. I'm not sure I'm, I'm very confident in Jeremiah Wells, but he is a guy who I think has a pretty big upside if he can stick around a little bit later into his 30s. I agree with you, and, and I also think, you know, you said in there that you, you were wondering what he would look like after two years away, and has he gotten better? What, what does that look like? He is training at one of those gyms that I am, am starting to put in, in conversations with, like, the underrated gyms of all time, because he's at Daniel Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, which has given us Sean Brady, uh, has given us Andre Petrosky on the Ultimate Fighter, who, who all seem to have that, like, dominant wrestling style. So if he does have a little bit more of that wrestling, I'll be interested. But until I see it, I- I'm siding with you here, too. I, I like Warley Alves here. I- I'm going to say it's going to be, like you said, a crazy fight, probably fight of the night, and I'll take him by decision. And that's going to bring us to another what could be a crazy fight, and that's <laughs> Marcin Procneo versus Ike Villanueva. Procneo started 0-3 in the UFC, but he saved his career by beating Khalil Roundtree by decision. That was back in January. Similar story here for Ike Villanueva. Started 0-2 in the UFC, saved his job with a knockout of Vinicius Morea. That was back in January as well. You, you know, I, I kind of led up to it in the beginning. These guys like to swing it, and maybe not the most technically out of anybody you've ever seen. Uh, let me ask this. Uh, is this 100% going to be an early knockout? God, I hope so. God, I hope so. Because I think if it goes late, man, we're in, we're in trouble. Uh, I don't know. I mean... I think Procneo is rightfully favored here, right? He seems to be more athletic, has faced better competition, at least in the UFC. But I don't know how anybody can be confident in either one of these guys. Um, they are going to stand there. I think Procneo is way quicker. He has a he has more kick. He has a more diverse striking game than Villanueva. But we're talking about a guy in Procneo who was knocked out in the first round of his first three UFC fights yeah. again against against quality competition. But that means something, right? Um, so. I'm I'm 
ever so slightly leaning on Procneo here just on the diversity of his attacks. And I think he's more athletic, but who's to say Ike Villanueva can't like land a good counter shot here and put Procneo's lights out. Yeah. And the, the thing that worries me about Procneo, cause I, I'll tip my hand here. I, I am going to pick Ike Villanueva. The thing that worries me about Procneo is if you look back at that Sam Alvey fight, he seemed to have Sam Alvey hurt, right? Like he, he got a piece of Sam Alvey. And then he starts throwing the widest hooks I've ever seen in my whole life with his whole arms. Like it, it is, it is the weirdest choice I've ever seen out of anybody. It looked like a second grader who got really mad at one of his friends and just started winging them. And Sam Alvey just sniped him, right? And not that Sam Alvey doesn't have a good counter. Like that's what Sam Alvey's career is made off of, right? Like there's a reason he's still hired after like 75 straight losses or draws. Bro, it's because he can do that. I'm just going to say, I think Ike Villanueva can do it too. That That's, that's my final answer. I think he can hit that counter. I'm going to take knockout. I pray to God, like you said, in the first round. So that's what I'm going to take. Ike Villanueva first round. Is that what you got with Procneo too? Yeah, I'm going to say Procneo first round knockout just for funsies, I guess. <laughs> All right. And that's going to do it at the end of our second round. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the last three in our third round. All right, guys, one more thing about the Fanatics MMA app before I let you get on to the third round. And let me tell you something about groups. Groups on the Fanatics MMA app is the coolest way to stay in touch with your buddies. Maybe you got a couple of MMA friends who live no longer near you. They used to live near you, but they don't. We've all got them. I used to live near Shockwave Dave, who hosts the Top Turtle podcast with me. He lives in New York now, too far away for me to talk to regularly or train with regularly. But now we can log our picks in that app and chat to each other during the fights while we watch our picks using the group function. You can start your own groups. You can join existing groups. Heck, you can even enjoy the Top Turtle MMA group if you check out the link in the Top Turtle MMA Twitter and Instagram bios. So make sure to do that. And really, I can't stress this enough. Go download Fanatics MMA in the App Store or the Google Play Store right now. And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Julia Avila versus Julia Storyorenko. Avila won her first two fights in the UFC before losing to Sajara Eubanks. That was in her last bout back in September. Storyorenko, meanwhile, lost her UFC debut to Yana Kunitskaya, and that was in August. So the interesting thing for me in this fight is that both of these two fighters seem to be much stronger than their opponents in almost every instance, right? Like they, they tend to have a strength advantage. The first time that either didn't, they look like they had a little bit of trouble. Avila looked like she struggled with the strength of Eubanks. Stoliorenko looked like she struggled with the strength of Kunitskaya. So my question is, is which one here do you think has the strength advantage? And do you think that that's as big of a deal as, as I do? Um, I think Avila is probably the, the better overall, like, athlete here. However, I don't think it's actually that big of a deal. I mean, I think that's actually a good read. I will say Stoliarenko went toe-to-toe with Lisa Verzoza in one of the absolute yes. bloodiest fights you're ever going to see. And that was – Verzoza is a, is a total tank. Um, she's not quite as athletic, I would say, as Avila. But um, in any event, I'm actually going to go with Stoliarenko here in what is a sizable upset. Um, Avila is – if she has one downside, it's her fight IQ. And in many respects, Stoliarenko is a fight IQ test, right? She is going to jump arm bars on you constantly. She's going to spam elbows at your face. I think Stoliarenko is going to draw Julia Avila 
into an, a brawl that Julia Avila does not need to be in. Um, and I think it's c- going to come back to bite her. Um, I know that's a, a sizable upset, but man, these odds I feel like are quite a bit off. To be yeah, honest. I, I saw the odds too. And, and my first instinct on that was that seems wrong. So, you know, if, if you're telling me gun to my head, I got to pick a winner in this fight. I, I am actually going to go with Julia Avila. I, I think, a, a little bit of that clinch work is going to wear Stoliarenko out. I think you're right. The, the IQ test is going to be there. She is going to get threatened. But I think she's going to pass enough of that so that she can she can win a decision here. But I would say if I was betting on this fight and I only had one place to put my money, Stoliarenko is the right place here. Because, yeah, I, I was looking at the odds earlier, and, and they've got her betting off at, like, plus 300, depending on where you're looking, which is a large underdog for a fight that... I largely think it's almost a coin flip, but yeah, I'm I'm going to take Avila here by decision instead. And that brings us to our next fight, which is Justin Janes versus Charles Rosa. Janes beat Frank Camacho by a thunderous knockout in his UFC debut. Since then, he's lost three straight fights to Gavin Tucker, Mowgli Benitez, and Devante Smith. Charles Rosa, meanwhile, has alternated wins and losses for the last seven years. That's right. He has alternated wins and losses in the UFC since he joined it in 2014. His last fight was a loss to Derek Minner, so hey, maybe that means something. But uh, meanwhile, let's let's actually start by talking about Justin Janes. So Justin Janes, I feel like one of the big issues for him is he seems to be put on his back fairly easily. Um, Is that making this a nightmare matchup for him? Does that make this like an unwinnable fight? I think, well, I'm not sure Rosa will necessarily have the wrestling to, like, consistently put him down, but I do think it's an unwinnable fight to the extent that I don't think he's able to outwork Charles Rosa, which in those every other fights, we typically see Rosa getting just outworked. Derek Minner did it to him. Hell, Yair Rodriguez did it to him back in 2015. I don't think Justin Jane. I mean, Jane's probably has the power uh, to shut Rosa's lights out, but... I don't think if it if it's on the mat, whether James is on his back or even on top, I think Rosa cannot is not going to be outworked here. And Rosa is technically speaking in terms of skill, like eons above is his issue is just getting outworked by better athletes or guys that are willing to put a pace on him. Yeah, and and you're right. That doesn't seem to be uh, Justin James's M.O., right? Like Justin James is not an outwork you kind of guy. And yeah, like if you look back at the guys he's lost to, Derek Minner, guy who outworks you, Bryce Mitchell, you know, obviously, right? Shane Burgos, Yair Rodriguez, Dennis Seaver even. Like you're right. Like the list is just guys who are willing to work harder than you or, you know, out-athletic you or counter you after you've countered them. So – uh, yeah, I don't see Justin James being that guy. So as a result, I- I'm going to go with Rosa by sub. How do you got him winning? I had Rosa by sub as well. I think it happens on the mat. I could even see Rosa snatching something up from his back again. All right. And that brings us to our last fight, which is Yancey Medeiros versus Demir Hadzevic. Medeiros lost three straight fights to Cowboy Cerrone, Gregor Gillespie, and Lando Venata. So certainly a, a good row of opponents there. Hadzevic has also lost two fights in a row to Christos Iagos and Hanato Moicano. So... Again, I don't want to harp on the, the takedown defense too much here, but again, Medeiros is one of those guys whose takedown defense has failed him somewhat fairly often, actually. He got taken down quite a few times by Cowboy Cerrone. But the thing about Hadzovic is I think he's got the wrestling, but I don't know if he'll use it. What are your thoughts on that? I, I totally agree with you that the fact that Hadzovic can grapple, I think, um, but I don't. I think he's more of just like a scrapper, and I think that's going to really um, hurt him here because that's that's the fight that Medeiros wants. And I saw. I think Medeiros is a small underdog. I disagree with that. I I'm riding with Medeiros here. Obviously, he's faced 
way higher level of competition. I think Hadzovic might be able to put him down, but man, even when Hadzovic has to defend takedowns, he looks kind of lost sometimes. Um, he's a guy who I think leans on just being scrappier, uh, it, being more willing to exchange. And guess what? He's running into Yancey freaking Medeiros, who loves that stuff. So I like Medeiros with his size, with his experience here. I think Medeiros on this losing streak is kind of not as indicative necessarily of where he's at in his career. Yeah, and I, I think the, the really important thing here is for Medeiros to trick him into fighting that kind of fight too. Because I, I, I think he... Hadzovic is a guy who will fight your type of fight if you want him to. Like, we, we saw it a little bit with uh, Marcin... Was it Marcin Held he fought back in the mm-hmm. day? Where, like, mm-hmm. Held was like, this is going to be a grappling match, and Hadzovic was fine with it until he landed a knee in the third round that he had no business winning that fight because of the <laughs> weirdest Imanari role I've ever seen in my whole life. So, uh, yeah, like, I think... So you're right. Medeiros is, if that becomes that, like, scrappy type of fight, I, I think he wins that fight, and I think he wins it fairly easily... Um, it is interesting that he's an underdog here, but here's my final question before I let you go. How do you see Medeiros winning it if it does become that scrappy fight? I got Medeiros by decision here. Um, I think Hadzovic is no slouch. I don't think he's going to be easily put away, but I think he's just outskilled and outsized basically in every regard here. Yeah, and I'll agree with you on that one. I'm going to go with Yancey Medeiros by decision as well. And that's going to do it for our third round. We hope you guys learned a little bit of something about these prelims. You got seven prelims to your ears in just a little bit over 15 minutes. And before I let him go, I do want to thank my co-host for this week from the Fix Fights podcast with Kurt and Ben, Benjamin Abrigo. You can, of course, find him on Twitter at Benjamin Abrigo and find the Fix Fights podcast on there as well at Fix Fights Pod. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure.